Is that a Muppet? Well, technically yes. But no, it is a puppet of the Yoda, Master Yoda. Welcome everyone to Rodian Radio. Tonight we are going to be doing a deep dive, discussion, breakdown, and history of The Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars Episode 5 from 1980. Uh... Yeah, the first movie that introduced Grandmaster Yoda. Of course, it was a puppet, but, you know, it, is, uh, it was the best that they could do back at the time, and I have no problem with the puppet Yoda. But, uh, welcome everyone to another episode of Rodian Radio. Tonight, we, uh, like I said, we're going to do a breakdown and deep dive of The Empire Strikes Back. A lot of people say this is their favorite Star Wars movie. However, for me, it is Return of the Jedi, but I do really do love The Empire Strikes Back. So without further ado, let's get started. Alright, tonight we're going to break down some Empire Strikes Back. We've got some news and some Today in Star Wars history to go over. So uh, I'm not going to do it by myself tonight. Tonight I am with my good friend, Mr. Danny Cruz. Hello, hello everybody. Good to be back here. And uh, happy May the 4th. To everybody, now if you're listening to this, it's mm-hmm. obviously going to be May the 6th, but this is a May the 4th Rodian Radio special. Um, but we're going to get started here and we're going to do Today in Star Wars History. Today in Star Wars History. Today in Star Wars History, on this day in 1999, all you toy collectors, get ready for this one. Hasbro's first collection release of the Phantom Menace figures was released on this day in 1999. Can you believe that? Almost That's, like yeah, 23 years ago. Crazy. But yeah, that was the first release, first collection release of the Phantom Menace. That for today, now we're going to get into some Star Wars news. All right, Star Wars news for today. Uh, first off, here, let's see. We've got a. Um, well, first of all, we got some Rodian Radio news. We uh, we have a new logo for all of our social medias. Um, I don't know if anybody pays attention to our logo or not, but we do have a new logo. Uh, this logo is going to be on future merchandise if uh, everything works out. Um, and I do apologize if you're listening to audio on or YouTube. Uh, the audio may be a little spotty at times. We've had 30 minutes worth of technical difficulties. Yeah. So <laughs> just fixing back and forth, people. What we, we're doing, we're trying. We're yeah, no that. scripts, no scripts. That's how we roll nope. here. So if mm-hmm. it, you know, if if you have, um. Uh, you know, if you, if you like to listen to podcasts who don't have scripts, uh, this is the perfect show for you. And if you, you have somebody at work who is a Star Wars fan, you don't know if they listen to Rodian Radio, tell them about us. 
Um, honestly, stuff. I mean, that, that's how we that's how we make our money here. Is uh, just hot takes and rant. <laughs> okay, so new logo out of the way. Um, next we have um some roadie and radio exclusive. Uh, if I can get these stinking notifications to quit coming up on my phone, I apologize if anybody can hear these notifications coming up on my phone. Can you hear them, Danny? <laughs> no, I actually can't. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. All right, so we have some Rodian Radio exclusive news. We've got uh, – so this past weekend, I was at ICCCon in Nashville, Tennessee, and Ian McDermott was there. Yes, Palpatine himself. And he was in a panel, and he gave some information out. Um, he says, I'm just paraphrasing here, but he said Palpatine may or may not be on Disney Plus in the future. Um, you know, you said it better than anybody else could, Danny. You said Disney can't get enough of him. <laughs> yeah, like exactly what i said when you told me that i was like of course <laughs> yeah somehow palpatine, palpatine is coming to disney plus somehow so uh you know and obviously we all want to say oh kenobi 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 but what if he's in bad batch too maybe. maybe i mean he didn't say animated or live action mm-hmm. from my understanding he just said maybe or maybe not we might see palpatine so um Man, what a month for Star Wars. This is Star Wars month. We've got May the 4th. We've got Kenobi coming out. We've got Star Wars Celebration. Just, you know, this is crazy. You know, I've done seeing all of the the memes about, you know, Revenge of the 5th. I am the 7th. And now I've seen it all. Now there's Mando saying, this is the May. This is the May. That's okay. That is a good one, and it's very suitable. This is the May. All right, so next up on our news here, I came across this article today by Polygon. I'm not familiar with this site, but the person who wrote the article, from my understanding, is Tasha Robertson. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how how reasonable this source is. Like I said, I've never heard of this website. Yeah. But they wrote a new article saying, I've got a bad echo coming off of your your side, Danny. Are you? Yeah. Testing one, two. Testing, testing, one, two. Okay, no, sounds no. good right now. Sounds good okay. right now. All right, so they wrote a new article saying, oh, boy. I It, it pains me to even say this. Um, more or less, and I quote, her article says, Move over Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and Luke Skywalker and make room for the next generation. She says, Star Wars needs new characters and to stop focusing on recycled characters. Recycled? Yeah, recycled. Recycled. All right, so somebody needs to burn and um, delete that article. Because um, Star Wars has literally been doing that for the past forty-something um, years. Yeah, and if, it and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. What now, did we do? They gave it a shot, and then we had Ray. 
Well, that's what I'm saying. The sequels, they they did the same thing. They started these new characters, but they had old characters in them. If it wasn't for the old characters, the sequels would be even more of a dumpster fire than they are today. (laughs) It's a spiraling circle of nonsense and just a bad combo. Like Like I said, I don't know how resourceful this article is or this website. But they need to stop talking about Star Wars because Star Wars is made from recycled characters. And I don't even want to call them recycled characters. It's not, they're not even recycled. It's just characters that people grew up having. Boba Fett well, had six lines and people were in love with them to this day, even after the horror. And I think total he had maybe barely seven minutes of screen time yeah. throughout all three films. And then people were absolutely in, like, in love with it. Yeah. So that is that. Um, I feel like I need to go take a shower because that made me feel gross saying that. <laughs> okay, so the last bit of news we got here is we've got um, – now this is a few weeks old, but I just recently came across it. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito was on a talk show podcast. Um, I can't remember the name of the podcast he was on, but they asked him questions about Mandalorian Season 3. And I've got the audio clip here. We're going to play it and then talk about it. Uh, So we'll play that and we'll talk about it after we get done listening. Yeah. children the whole family get more mandalorian what you'll get that? it soon uh you'll get it soon uh i've got a little few things to do in regard to that to put some finishing touches on okay. what i do okay uh but i believe it'll be sometime this summer no date set yet but coming soon okay how again uh, I'm, I'm just assuming but when the star wars folks whoever that might be or disney folks reach out to you and say would you like to be the evil character in the Mandalorian, in the Star Wars, over the first television show based on it. How quickly do you say yes to that? Oh my goodness, John Favreau called me, said I have good news and bad news. I said, what's the good news? He said, I wrote a role for you in uh, Mandalorian, specifically for you. And I said, wow, fantastic, what's the bad news? The bad news is all the money's going on the screen. Uh, And I said, is there more good news? (laughs) (laughs) How about back in, baby? (laughs) And and he said to me, Disney's doing it. Wow, I have nothing but great things to say about this studio, about this franchise, uh, in regard to how they have enlightened our children to mythology and to what's right and how to go about doing what's right, how to be in service. The Mandalorian is service. And... Thankfully, they, I've been on another job in New York, and pandemic hit, things have gotten backed up, and they have waited for me with such wonderful love and respect for me to come back and, and do what I do um, and love to do. So uh, this is a great show. You say yes, and then you say, I've got one caveat, John. He's like, oh, what's that? I said, I must have a cape. <laughs> Okay, so Giancarlo, I would not take what he says to heart because we've not seen anything from Mando Season 3. <laughs> There's no way it's coming out this summer. Unless, oh, I thought he was talking about the trailer. Well, I, you know, from that clip, he says, they, the guy asks him, when, when can we see Mando Season 3? 
and he says uh, this summer, late summer, no date yet. Um, uh, if, if there I, is, that's one of the, I think that would be the first season where it's not in the fall. Well, the only way I see that happening is either we see a trailer late summer. We see a trailer tomorrow. Or we see a trailer May the 4th. And then we get Mando season three, the end of July. That's the only way I see this happening. And I don't think Disney's going to mess up their scheduling by releasing live action shows outside of Kenobi in the winter. You know what? They could actually change. um, They they could be doing something else with the shift. It doesn't always have to be the entertainment side. Like something could pop up with like maybe... um, like like the parks are doing something uh, like maybe like definitely if it does come out like say like august say like august 12th i'm just saying a number because it came out november 12th for season one of the mandalorian who knows it could be something like that but if it does that's great and i i have confidence that it's going to do well it's basically like i mean come on it's it's the mandalorian Mandalorian. everybody's gonna love it I'm not trying to set high expectations. I got to see how Kenobi goes first. You know, I think by Disney Plus changing Kenobi from Wednesday to a Friday, I think they learned their lesson with Boba Fett, and they want to stick to Fridays and not Wednesdays. Yeah, I think Wednesday like, is a Marvel work. thing. Everyone's got to watch work in the middle, like in the middle of the week. You know, like uh, yeah, it should be definitely be a weekend thing or a Monday thing. I well, I think Marvel should stick to Wednesdays and Star Wars should stick to Fridays. I think that would be the best option to take because yeah. you still got that day gap in between each franchise. Yeah, but I think they learned their lesson with the whole disaster Boba Fett was and how much backlash it got. I think they learned their lesson. They're like, hey, hey, Mr. CEO, Disney Plus. We don't need to do Wednesdays anymore for Star Wars because Star Wars fans are crazy. They're knocking down my door. They're setting fires on my cars out here. It's like, we thought Boba Fett was a good idea. Like a panther. Yeah, and Tim Morrison's back there. I told you, I'm talking too much. <laughs> yeah, he didn't. That's, that's a whole other conversation. With you him. know when the star of the show tells you, hey, my character is talking too much. You should listen to him, especially to somebody like Tim Moore. Been Boba Fett and Jango Fett for now two decades. And clones. And clones. And he was in the he was the voice of the clones too for a little bit. Yeah, easy. I mean, he he was the voice for the clone troopers back in the old Battlefront games. I mean, he's been in Star Wars for two decades plus, mm-hmm. and they're not going to listen to what he says about a character as iconic as Boba Fett. Like, come on, Disney. Come on! Like I don't, I, I don't know whose fault it was. I don't know if it was a marketing decision. I don't know if it was. It could be a whole number of different things. We don't know, but I think they learned their lesson with Boba Fett. So, but that's all the news that we. Oh, and he also talks about. Um, John Carlos says that he was in New York on another project, but they waited for him to start filming him in The Mandalorian. Uh, the other project I want to say was Better Call Saul. I know their last season has just came out, so he was probably in the middle of filming that. Um, but in this interview, I think he's talking about Mando season one. I think he's talking about his time on that. And uh, I love the fact how he's like, and I asked 
I told Favreau, there's got to be one thing. I need a cape. That's hilarious. <laughs> Of course, all supervillains have capes. Yes, and Giancarlo Esposito, man, I love that guy. You know, anything he's in, I love it. He has um, the voice. voice. He, he is. He And he plays the perfect villain. I loved Breaking Bad. I love Gus Fring, his character in that. I love Gus Fring and mm. Better Call Saul. I love him as Moff Gideon. Um, he's been in quite a few things, and like everything he's in, he plays the villain. I think he was made to play villains. Even Far Cry at a video game. Yeah. It was the main villain. Far Cry 6. So, but we love Giancarlo, but I came across that the other day. Wanted to put it in here as some news. It's not that old. It's about three weeks old. So, all right. So, we get into the big chunk of May the 4th special here. I want to give a quick shout out to all of our sponsors. Uh, Lego Shock 0451 Official. On Instagram, Commander Phoenix underscore eighty eight Legion on Instagram, and Doctor Awesome Doctor underscore Awesome underscore ten ten on Instagram. Big thanks to all three of them. They are wonderful sponsors. Um, if you room for more. yes, if you would like to become a sponsor of Rodian Radio, it is completely free. Just send us an email at rodianradiopc at gmail um, if you have any questions about it, basically what it is, is you help support our show and share us out with each episode. And in return, we give you free shout outs on every episode and we upload if you're a toy photographer or a customizer or you, you draw, we upload your artwork on our YouTube videos for people to see your work and we put your tags in them, whether you're on Instagram, Twitter or whatever. So it is completely free if you, you know, if you have questions about it, hesitations about it, it's completely free, no money involved. Just send us an email, rodianradiopc at gmail.com. It's completely free. And uh, maybe for our one-year anniversary, we may uh, send a little gift to all of our sponsors if we have the time and budget since it's such short notice. We're coming up. We have one month away. From our one-year Rodian Radio. Insane. One month away. Changed. Yes, changed. a lot. If you would have told me a year ago, hey, Rodian Radio, in a year from now, is going to have Dominic Pace, Scholar Bible, Richard Strahd, Ray Kinnix, press, press access to a Star Wars convention to get you know, an all-exclusive... Information that's not leaked out to the general public, and our special guest of this show tonight, I wouldn't have believed you. I would have looked at you and been like, there's no way I can accomplish all this in a year. But here we are, and it's all thanks to you guys, and, you know, don't want to brag on ourselves, but, you know, we we bust our chops doing this (laughs) show because (laughs) we've had so much technical difficulties in the past hour of recording this one show that we've had to make about five different recording sessions just to get it through so (laughs) so a big thanks to everybody listening and you know we're on we're 24 7 on youtube 24 7 on podcast platforms spotify google apple um there's a few smaller ones i believe you know you know just share us out If you, you know, the only way to help us grow, number one way to help us grow, keep listening and tell your friends about Rodian Radio. Um, So, 
one and only. This is the place for Star Wars fans. It is. And you know why? It's because we're Star Wars fans ourselves. And we know what we're talking about. And we care about this community. We really do. We're not really capping on what we say sometimes. Sometimes we do, but we say it like, you know, for those like jokes and stuff like that. But when we're being serious, like, like for Kenobi show, I'm pretty sure, you know, like we're obviously we're going to have our predictions and stuff, but we're going to be realistic about them. Like we show we yeah. why we think the way it is. And we're not going to be like, well, Jar Jar is going to show up, you know, like, like things like that. And for example, we, we, we said that in Kenobi, obviously it's highly likely that Vader will show up. And then I, and I <laughs> watch him not be in the whole show, like Vader not is, even be there. And he's just a hologram. That's the biggest tease we will ever see. And that's kind of like Hayden on Hayden Christensen. Like, you know, because it's like you brought, you had the pieces, you had the playbook, you had the, the whole staff, and you blew it. <laughs> yeah, like Boba Fett. Boba Fett was a great idea. It was. Yeah. But they yeah. executed it horribly. Yeah, too many. What I worry a lot because when they change directors between mm-hmm. every single episode, it's it gets it makes it very complicated because all every director has their own unique style of um like producing a movie or a show. And it's it's like it's hard for the next person coming up to like kinda like exceed those expectations or like kinda change it and you do see the differences between each episode like the Dave Filoni episode I'll never forget the Mandalorian season 2 Dave Filoni episode yes. with Ahsoka of course of course it had to be yes of course like, who else would direct that episode <laughs> like if it was somebody else I'd be like wow yeah and see rocked. that's that's the thing you know it worked with Mandalorian and Mandalorian season 2 having multiple directors I think they got overconfident and they did it with Boba Fett, and it and it failed. One thing that I have a problem with is they gave too many episodes to Robert Rodriguez. Please, no. I think he was only good that one scene they introduced Boba Fett. I give him credit for that, but after after like everything else, like it was it was such like a disappointment in my opinion. I mean, if you think about it, Dave Filoni directed the Ahsoka episode in Mando season two. I'm pretty sure he directed the first episode of Mando season one. And he directed Book of Boba Fett, Episode 6. Those three are better than all of those shows wrapped up into one episode. True. And look who directed it. Dave Filoni. Cowboy hat man himself. I I hope they give him a movie. I hope they give him a movie. I don't care if it's a one-movie contract. Oh, man. One-movie contract, one and done. If he is not the sole director of the Ahsoka series, I'm going to be genuinely terrified. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, honest. I feel like anybody else. I feel like Bryce Dallas Howard does really well. Like yes, she does. Director. And John Favreau does good John at writing. Yeah, he's more of a writer than it. I don't mean to bash on him, but I, he, I, he has really good writing creativity. But I feel like he's only had a few films that were good directed by him. Yeah, I think John Favreau is the writer and Dave Filoni is the director. I think yes. that's how it should be. Yes, definitely. I think that's how it should be. It sounds like we got a special guest. We do have a special guest, Pookie. 
Pookie. Um, so one last bit of news here before we move into the Empire Strikes Back breakdown for May the 4th. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson. I know a lot of people want to see Mace Windu come back. Uh, Mace Windu would be great to come back, but only if they did it right. I feel like Kenobi would be the only place he should come back in. I still don't believe it. Unless it was Bad Batch Season 2. I'm fine with either way. But Samuel L. Jackson did say, uh, I think he was on a late night show or something a few days, a few weeks ago. He said that he has been talking to Bryce Dallas Howard Mm -hmm. about putting Mace Windu back into Star Wars. So, and I feel like Samuel L. Jackson is the perfect age for them to bring him in in the Empire era of Star Wars. I would like to see a crazy mace. I don't want to see no Jedi business mace. I want to see old hermit crazy mace. Yeah. I want to see Mace Windu as Luke Skywalker was in The Last Jedi. That That's a role that makes sense. But I, I believe it won't be in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Yeah. I don't, It'll be I don't know. If we see Liam Neeson in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, that tells me they've got a big enough pocketbook to buy Lee, uh, Samuel L. Jackson to put him in Star Wars. Of course they do. George would be like, uh, need yeah, more Gungans. Uh, Sam. Uh, uh, yeah, we're we're, we're thinking about bringing Mace back. Um, uh, what the what the purple lightsaber again? Uh, yeah, we don't know what we're gonna do yet, but uh, we uh, this is all a headache, anyways. What's the point? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, let's move on to our main topic. Yes, yes, yes. Main topic here. Empire Strikes Back breakdown and history and facts of everything about now I wouldn't say everything I didn't write down every little tiny bit and piece of this movie but we I wrote down major points of this movie yeah. and um, so title, first go ahead I, I just want to start off whether you're a original sequel or prequel fan, The Empire Strikes Back has been one of the most revolutionary films in one, in the history of cinema, and I'll get to it, and two, in Star Wars history. Hands down, I think Empire Strikes Back is one of the best well-made movies of all time. Best well-made sequels of all time. And sequels. It and Return of the Jedi... Standalone. Yeah. Return of the Jedi, my favorite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Empire Strikes Back was more well executed than any other movie. Sequel, especially. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. With, with uh, Return of the Jedi, I, I think my favorite part about the Return of the Jedi was the whole Job of the Hutt scene. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, oh. And, the, um, and the fight between Vader and you know, oh, we, and we can't forget about Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> Where? Where's Boba? Yeah. Honestly, the Ewoks, I wasn't really into it. I was just like, okay, whatever. It's it's a Star yep, Wars thing. Yep. It's, it's a Star Wars thing. That's why I accepted it. But anyways, let's talk about Empire. Yes, Empire Strikes Back. So Empire Strikes Back was the first Star Wars movie to ever have a number put beside it, and which created the whole... Trilogy, trilogy, trilogy. Mm-hmm. No other Star Wars movie. Of course, A New Hope was the only Star Wars movie, and 
made before Empire Strikes Back and the holiday special. Can't forget about the holiday special. They were both Chase made before Empire let, Strikes Back. Chase will never, ever, ever let. Okay, look, Empire look. Strikes now you done got me started. If you have not seen the holiday special, every Star Wars fan should watch the holiday special at least once. You can find it on YouTube. It's not that great quality, but it's the only way you can watch it because that movie was such a disaster that George Lucas even had them chunk every copy in the garbage. (laughs) So it's like impossible to find, but you can watch it on YouTube at a very low quality. But I think every Star Wars fan should watch it at least once. I mean, it was the first time we were ever introduced into Boba Fett cinematically wise. Of course, he was animated in that. But The Empire Strikes Back gave us Boba Fett for the first time in live action. It did. So, Anyways, with, um, with Empire, what... Did you say it, vampire? I said with the Empire. The Vampire, vampire Strikes and, Back? But, no, there's on Dracula in it. You guys ruined it. But yeah, but Empire Strikes Back, it had... They it want to use the force. He's like the from the Muppets. <laughs> or no, Sesame Street. No, that's uh, that's that's the count. The count, yeah, from Sesame Street. One, two, three. I remember watching that before I used to go to school. Look, people, but, there's no script to this. Look, now we're talking about Sesame Street and Star Wars mixed. But, yeah, but anyways, that I feel like the diff- the difference between New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, they they had a different tone to them. What I, what I liked about Empire was that they they started off on a new planet. They didn't end off on Endor, you know, like, they didn't start from there. They, it was like we were just in the middle of something that, in a way, we already knew that there was a lot going on. It wasn't like, like, because I feel like the the span between, uh, somebody's going to roast me for this, but between New Hope and Empire, like, I feel like those were maybe like a year or two or a year. Maybe two. a year at most. Maybe a year. I think because at year. that time, Han had already became uh, a general. General, so. general, yeah, general. So. Yeah, uh, so. Unless their rankings don't mean anything. <laughs> well, it is the rebellion. There's like 50 people to his name. So. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's, it had a different tone. And another thing, George Lucas did not expect Star, War, or Star Wars New Hope to be a success. He thought it would just make it. It was like he thought it was an independent film. You know, to yeah. this day, I'm still upset that Chewbacca never got his medal. Oh, please. That's like the least important thing to me. But yeah. Yeah, so what's it? If the thing about The Empire Strikes Back was that it was actually started off as a disaster because uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Mark Hamill actually got into a really bad car accident mm-hmm. that disfigured his face. and They actually you know, kept this, it. They did. They kept it in the movie that's, when that's he's, a, and when he's very, in the Wampa Cave. Mm-hmm. All those scars on his face, that was because he had an accident. Yeah. And then I remember my mom was telling me that um, because she saw New Hope and then when theaters, when it came out in theaters for Empire Strikes Back, she was like, she said that wasn't Mark Hamill. She thought, oh, that, yeah, it is. She thought that people or that they replaced him. And I was no. like, really? That's something I didn't know. So, yeah, but originally, yeah, so George Lucas was and the studio was tripping because, you know, their main star, Luke Skywalker, you know, he's out of commission. Like, you know, they can't they can't have him in Empire, but he was like, George, I was trying to go to Tashi Station because some power converters yeah. and I got side swapped. Yeah, it was luckily he was okay, like because imagine if something really, really bad happened to him, like 
Who, yeah. Who knows what happened to Star Wars? We would never have what we have today. Nope. Yeah, luckily and, everything was okay. Yeah, so they kept his scars and they included him in the Wampa scene. And I think they, they kind of like used his accident as an advantage to like use that Wampa scene. Yes. To like show that. And it, and, it introdu- and it was a perfect way to introduce a Wampa. Mm-hmm. Because that one scene tells you that Wampas are very, very vicious creatures in Star Wars. Yeah, and it was the first time you actually see, like, I mean, not the first time because they did it in New Hope, but, like, blood, blood, you know, like, with the snow, like, it's very visible. Yeah, but George Lucas wasn't a fan of blood, so, you know, he had to keep it minimum. But uh, yeah. those probe droids that we say at the beginning of the movie, those were actually, there. I think there was, like, I want to say a hundred or a thousand, I can't remember, but they were sent out galaxy-wide to find the, the Rebel base, as we all know. But those probe droids were part of a, a project called Project Swarm. Which, if you think yeah. about it, actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's really cool about the um, Empire, it, it's just, it had a different tone. It was more serious. Mm-hmm. And then you can definitely tell that, like, it was more was of a war. Like, it was it more was of cool. a war training, mm-hmm. you know, coming of age. And it was, just, it was just, it was just so smooth, like, with the transition between the scenes and then the dialogue. And yeah, also, it was like, bam, 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 but it worked so well. And the one thing I noticed that the biggest difference, I don't care what anybody says, but this version of the Empire Strikes Back version of Darth Vader is the cleanest version I have seen. And uh, Rogue movie, One's pretty clean. I think this one's the cleanest. Like, you saw how shiny his armor was? And this is 1980. That yeah. looks super high defi- definition. Well, he just got done out of that back to tank that we see in Boba Fett. That, you know, yeah. what if we see that in Kenobi? We see Anakin Skywalker chilling in a back to tank. He's like, pat me, pat me. Maybe then he wakes up and he's like, Kenobi time starts. to be Vader. Maybe that's how Kenobi starts. That is that. You know, that would be, I don't want to see, I do not want to see Anakin Skywalker in a back to tank. <laughs> okay, not Anakin Skywalker. I'm saying Vader in his like little tube thing. Well, that would be cool. Yeah, in his meditation yes. chamber, which we actually see for the first time in The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, with, and then uh, how they shifted. Because I think somewhere in the comics or something like that, they were saying Boba Fett. Is Boba Fett? Before he was introduced, like uh, he was tracking down you know, a, a young person named Luke Skywalker. And you know, there's a they... there's a theory out there that Boba Fett is actually the one who scorched Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. How so? Well, we, you know, we hear Kenobi, uh, Ben Kenobi say, this is the work of the most, of a super, they're the most precise, accurate, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. whatnot, <laughs> which is so contradicting to Stormtroopers. So, yeah. you know, and Stormtroopers weren't really known for setting places on fire. So, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that Boba Fett I believe um, it. I don't know. I would need more intel on that. But, yeah, like, Vader was very persistent in this film, and he was more ruthless. He's like, he was. every single scene with the general, there was always another one to replace, because you would always get... I mean, he was choking really dudes out via face mm-hmm. in this movie. And I think, yeah, what's it? but what set the tone about this was, it, it, it was, if you think about it, it was all a big chase until the end. Yeah, that's what the last Jedi was. Well, the last Jedi was a chase until the end. Yeah, but it doesn't work. The last Jedi didn't work because they were being chased in space, and the, apparently, 
a super highly technology technological military aircraft cannot catch up to a bus. Yeah. And the reason was because they want to waste their resources instead of blowing them up. You know, I would have been like, forget the resources. They're right there. Blow them up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. they just waited. They just stalled, stalled. Who knows how long. And there was no sense of urgency. Like, everyone was just like, you know, the people were running and everything. But it was like, it's okay. We're the heroes. We're going to live. But, like, with the Empire Strikes Back, like, well, they think about it. Vader shows up within the, what, the first, like, 20 minutes of the film, already conquers the Hoth station. Then they have to leave. Then they all have to disperse. Maybe they may or may not see each other again. And when, like, you know, Luke and and uh, Han, Leia, and Chewie, that was technically the last time they saw each other until the very end. Yeah. Or, tech, or yeah, pretty much. And, like, you basically see two versions of the story. You see one with Luke training and looking for this one called Yoda, where Yoda was introduced. Yoda? And you then, seek Yoda? <laughs> the hippie Yoda, as I like to call. And then we also have... <laughs> we, we have that going on. Well, Han, when, when Han, Leia, and Chewie R2 and C-3PO are being chased by the Empire consistently, and then they basically have to, like, run away through an asteroid field, land in there, and then from there, they're inside a worm, then they have to get out of there, and then they go see him, and then Han goes to his friend, Lando, you know? I like the character, but I don't like his figure. <laughs> you just went through, like, all of my notes in, like, 15 seconds. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I, I'm, I, I, this is the film, like, I really, really, I, I honestly enjoy this film. I think this one is better than Revenge of the Sith, and let me get to that one. I agree. I'll get to it though, but yeah. See, I, I, you know, we were both raised and and grew up with the prequels, but the original trilogy is my favorite. Yeah, I, I honestly, New Hope is is a respectable film. I like it. It's a little slow. It's it's kind of corny. You know, it's it's the seventies. I understand. Oh yeah. But from New Hope to Empire Strikes Back, the shift they went from like they went from seventies to eighties. From first gear to like they they crank this thing. Yeah, and, then, yeah, and so a little, a little. Uh, I didn't actually know this until I was looking up uh, little Easter eggs of Empire Strikes Back. But there's a shot of Han Solo walking through one of the hallways there in Echo Base, and yeah. uh, we know that Wampas are pretty active on Hoth. They even lock a few in that room in a deleted scene. C-3PO tears the st- the warning oh, yeah, label, the, the and a snowtrooper opens the door, and the Wampa pulls him in. So they there was Wampas in there. There's a sign of a Wampa attack in Echo Base, and you can see a medical droid tending to an injured Tauntaun laying on the ground as Han Solo walks by. I never caught that until I today. I didn't, catch, I didn't catch that until you told me. It's like I've said many a time, Star Wars, blink and you miss it moments. And then what else? So yes, they go see his friend, right? And like, as, as a fan, we don't know like who that is, but we're just like, all right, we're going with it. And like, even the landing scene where they're like, you know, they were telling him like, you have to land or else you're going to get blown up. They're like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> While they're blowing the fire off on him. Or no, they're yeah. not. That's that's Revenge of the Sith. I'm getting my movies mixed up. <laughs> but yeah, but anyways, they land and then like you know, it kind of looks like serious. And then they're like best buddies. Like we have never seen these characters interact before. How you can, doing, Chewbacca, you old pirate? And then you can it, like what's what's great about um, 
uh, I forgot the guy's name, the guy who plays Lando Williams. Uh, Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. He's got that he, smooth he, jazz. He, he does. He does got that smooth jazz. What was really cool is that, like, yeah, these characters I never met, and yet we can feel that they've been friends for like 10, like years. 20, 30 years, like 20, I'd say like 20 years. And that's what I liked about Solo is it actually gave more development into Han and Lando's relationship. And Lando even calls Han Han, which is mm-hmm. hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they meet up, you know, and it's, we're on a new planet, new place, you know, discovering all. But again, there's, it's a little sketchy at the same time because, you know, like, I think Chewbacca, like, kind of, like, senses things are going on around there. And then, you know, they're talking, they're, they're relaxing, and then they're going to have a nice dinner. And who do you see at the end of the dinner table who set up? You know, they're just like, you know, I'm going to set up this dinner all nice and everything. And then, and then you get Han's the classic, the, the classic. Starts blasting. So then anyways, you get the started blasting. furs coming out of the corner. You see Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. You know, I've so, never been a fan of how Boba Fett walks out i mean i love how he walks out but i've never been a fan of how he holds his blaster up like he holds like it like that. so close to him I don't like he's like oh no it's han solo <laughs> like i think he looked more smooth in the return of the jedi because remember when uh, leia had that detonator he was like quick on the draw Dude, and, he was and, so and, quick and if he's quick on the draw cad bane was three times as or ten times as oh as yeah think about that. yeah but how do you feel about han solo with a lightsaber not just a lightsaber, but with Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber. Just think I, about that a minute. I didn't when when I used to watch the movie a lot when I was growing up. I didn't really see that as a big thing. It was kind of used correctly because you know he's like you know you have basically a laser sword that you yeah. to cut through and make. One. I was like, okay, I get that. It wasn't like he was running through battle like doing three sixty flips. No, he he literally <laughs> sliced the tauntaun open. Yeah, put Luke like, in from freezing. But like pretty much like any every average Joe could do that, you know. So like it made sense. It fit. Yeah, and so, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Yeah, uh, like, and then back to Vader. Where I think this is the first time we see Palpatine technically, right? Because he's it talking is, yeah. about it. It's not Ian McDermott though. It's a it's a different actor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like like I said, like the suit looks clean. Like his, I think they did a really good job developing Vader. He was more. This was this movie gave Vader. more character to Vader at yeah. its time. He was very. He was. I don't. I don't know. He was very pissed off Vader. But then when yeah. he spoke, when he spoke to Luke, it was more like father to like, son. Like, like like that, and I also saw a teacher. Yes, teacher. But a teacher for the wrong reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm gonna teach you how like, to how to break the law. Like it's it's crazy because like if you think about it, throughout the whole movie, Vader's killing people, and like at any moment you you step, like you like talk before him or anything, you're dead. But and, with Luke, he takes his time. Well, and you gotta think about it. This movie actually, if I'm not mistaken. Return of the Jedi does a little bit, but Empire Strikes Back shows Vader trying to do the rule of two as bringing Luke as his apprentice to overthrow Palpatine. So if you think about it, Anakin Skywalker, but that's not Anakin, that's Darth Vader. They're the same person. Get out of here. All right. It's just, they're the same person, but it's not the same person. It's literally like Moonlight with two personalities. Yes, it is. It is. But if you think about it, Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader's suit was practicing the dark side ways by trying to 
recruit Luke as his apprentice to overthrow Palpatine. So I think that may be the first time we actually see Anakin Skywalker go full Sith without actually any action. Okay. Yeah. Mm, Well, technically, yes, because remember, he killed the generals before he he had to... Because when he talked to Luke, that was at the end of the movie. I mean, Anakin killed people when he was Anakin. You know, not just the men, but the women and the children. Okay, yeah, I I can see. So, basically, if you think about it, Darth Vader was basically like 10 minutes. So far. So far. Like, so... And yeah, so we get the fight between... I think that is the most iconic fight. I don't care what people say. It's definitely an improvement from the New Hope fight, where they're literally just... Obi-Wan has taught you well. Trying to stab each other. (laughs) And actually, two two Imperial generals in this movie um, were in Indiana Jones. Uh, One of them was Julian Glover, if I'm not mistaken, and the other one, I don't know his name, but they were both in Indiana Jones. One of them, Julian Glover played, uh, I forgot the guy's name, but he's in Raiders of the Lost Ark when Indiana comes out of the cave at the beginning of the movie. He's that main guy there who takes that uh, gold, gold. that Indian. Yeah, and then French, the Frenchie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, And then the other general in Empire Strikes Back. Yes. General Veers is who Jonathan Glover, uh, Julian Glover played. But the other Imperial played Hitler in the, the, uh, Tim, I think I not the Templar, later's, uh, what's the, the Last Crusade? Yes, Indiana yeah, Jones. Last Crusade, yeah, Last Crusade. yeah, he played Hitler. Mm-hmm. So, and it's actually the first, this is the first movie we actually see, uh, AT-ATs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, you know, what I like again, about, what I like about the Battle of Hoth is like mm-hmm. every, you know, all the Battlefront games, the Battle of Hoth is the most accurate battle to any battle in those games because it was actually on screen. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you can fight on Naboo, you can fight on, well, Utapau in the old school Battlefront 2. Mm-hmm. That's the only other one I can think of. But what about 1980, like, say, like, you were, like, watching it as a kid in 1980 when the Empire Strikes Back come back, and somebody from the future told me that you can play this on a in higher a level skit in the game. First person. They wouldn't believe you. They no. wouldn't you. What's, what's a first person game? It's something that you would be addicted to. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. It really is. So we uh we are gonna take a short break here and come back and until then enjoy this little audio snippet. about you know this is you may or may not know this but uh the asteroids when the millennium falcon goes into the worm the asteroids actually flying around were potatoes no way <laughs> yeah they were potatoes I did not know that. 
Yeah. And look then at uh, at, look at me over here talking about like dissecting <laughs> the history of, of Empire Strikes Back and the Revolution. And you're like, yeah, did you know um, the asteroids were made of potatoes? <laughs> I just I I, I just want to talk to the guy who who had that idea. Like, hey, that guy got a raise. That let's throw got, some potatoes in here. That guy got a promotion. He um, saved his budget, and yeah. it was a critical. Let's theater. just spray paint some potatoes gray and black, and just have them by string. We're doing the the scene of the of the props. George Lucas probably hired him to like a, a, a supervisor. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it, immediately. You know, yeah, you saved me a ton of money. Because just imagine they're in the meeting room, right? And they're like explaining about the scene. They're like, "Oh, what are we gonna use?" Like, and then they're like showing him like, you know, how much the budget is. And then some guys like, or the probably the janitor or something, slides by and he's like, "Yeah, why don't you just use some potatoes?" Yeah, and it and comes from like, the very back too. It's like, "Hey, let's use potatoes." And he's like, and George's like, "Who's that guy?" And then he's like, "Oh yeah, Brad. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to dismiss you." <laughs> yeah. No, come come have a seat next to Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and another little fun fact, uh, on Dagobah, when Luke opens his, like, little lunch tray, whatever, after he sets up his campsite, Mark Hamill actually says that the food in that box was mints and crackers and, like, airline food. So, maybe some peanuts. <laughs> so You know what's crazy? They actually have that lunch box at Galaxy's Edge. Oh, I, I would buy it in a heartbeat. They did, they did have that. And I remember that thing was, like, 50 bucks. And I was That's like, a well... Uh, I kind of hate paying 50 bucks for that, but <laughs> not including taxes. <laughs> um, yeah. Disney and their, their money game. Another thing, when, when Yoda was introduced, it's, it's, it's really hard because I was in the mix. Like while the prequels are being made, I remember like the whole, the only thing I would rewatch were the originals. Right. So I what attack of the clones. I remember that really well. Right. I see Yoda. You see like serious general Yoda. Right. And mm-hmm. then we go back to Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi Yoda. That this guy, makes that no guy's sense. Mind, his mind is <laughs> gone. <laughs> yeah, that's what Mace Windu would be like. I don't know. You know what? I, I would accept it. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, these are two different Yodas, but at the same time, the same one. The same one. Like, but then you watch the Clone Wars and it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. Qui-Gon told him to isolate himself, pretty much. Yeah. I honestly think the Jedi's are the biggest losers in the galaxy. They are. They really are. They they basically had genocide. They really are. You know, have you seen that meme where it's like uh, in the Phantom Menace where Keati Mundi is looking at little Anakin and he's like, your thoughts dwell on your mother. And somebody (laughs) made a meme of Anakin saying, my thoughts dwell on your mother. Oh, <laughs> it's so funny. Yes, it was so funny, and then it showed like Kiati Mundi was like a shocked face, like what? <laughs> oh, so the the also on Dagobah when Luke goes into the cave, you know mm-hmm. the the first few times I watched this, I didn't understand why Luke's face was in Vader's helmet, but if you think about it. Now, I'm oh, going to go a little bit in depth here, so this may take me a minute to explain. Mm-hmm. So, Yoda says, you will not need your weapons. Take with you, or in there you'll find only what you take with you, or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, we know that Luke is afraid to lose his friends to Vader, mm-hmm. and, he, and he takes his weapons anyways. He goes in the cave, and there is a scene 
where they, it looks like part of that cave is man-made. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're like blocks, like blocks up on the wall, sort of stacked like a house would be. But when he goes in there, he sees Vader. He immediately ignites his saber. Right there, he failed to become a Jedi because Jedi never use their sabers for the first struck. Yeah, for offense. He immediately failed his training right then. Then when he slices the helmet and we see here, I understand that now Luke was afraid of losing his friends in a way that would make him like Vader. So basically he was afraid of what he was. He was afraid of becoming. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that now that makes sense to me why Yoda says only fear is what you took in with you or whatever when he comes out of the cave. Because the only reason why he ignited the lightsaber was because of fear. Fear. And And, offense. So I always thought, you know, after I, I realized that, I'm like, man, that that is really deep. It's a dark. That was dark. Yeah, and also there's a comic book where Snoke takes Kylo Ren to that same cave, and Kylo Ren destroys it. Mm-hmm. So I would love to see what Kylo Ren saw in there, because you know good and well he took his saber in there and probably just started slashing the walls. Spinning that works. Yeah, I'll try spinning. That's a good trick. <laughs> yeah, what's another? So uh, you know I, I, that's that's a very deep, you know, reflection of oneself. I think the reason why Empire Strikes Back, I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna, it's still the best Star Wars film. Triggered, triggered. I can already <laughs> say the Star Wars fans like having it, a seizure. It triggered. Is, it is the best, and I'm not talking. You know, as a boomer, I'm I'm born in like, like when like when the prequels came out, and I'm saying after watching the prequels, after watching the sequels, and after watching the originals, Empire Strikes Back is one of the best films, and it set the tone for the prequels basically, because of the amount of emotion the characters had. Like you know, if you really I, think about it, oh, were you saying? I would say I have a very good friend who's listening right now. Um, when we said The Empire Strikes Back is better than Revenge of the Sith, uh, you know who you are, who you are listening, you know who you are that's listening, and if you got a tiny bit triggered by us saying that, you tell me. <laughs> because if I know you so well enough that that triggered you. And you know oh, who you I are. <laughs> You know, when we said earlier that The Empire Strikes Back is better than Revenge of the Sith. It is. It is by far. because. And you're getting triggered right now by us saying it again. I know you are. It's, it's because without The Empire Strikes Back, there is no Revenge of the Sith. There is not. There's, there's no, like, meaning of why Vader is the way he is or why he is conflicted or why he is how he is. And then, like, you know, Luke and everything. But, yeah, because I'm thinking, like, like when I think of The Empire Strikes Back, there's a lot of emotion to it. Like we, we just explained that scene, Luke becoming, you know, some like something that he completely avoids to be, but in a way that is one of his destinies to become. You know, I, I would say the only real emotional part in this movie is when Han is put in carbonite. No, definitely not. I no, no. no. Well, You're... I forgot about the. Oh, 
am your father. Not even that. It was all oh, yeah. in the fight. It was all in the fight. Uh, I can see your point. At the end, it was like, what was that line? Um, it's just the way how I was going to say James Arnold's change on it. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. It, I, th- I think it was before they even ignited the lights. He was some, something along the lines like, like he's, uh, you are, but you are not a Jedi yet. Like when he says that, yeah, that yeah. sounds very like. like I like, see through you. Yeah, I, yeah, pretty much. Like, and it's also like, and and James power. Earl Jones, man, James just what a what a great voice. voice and a great portrayal I, of that's, a that's character. That's who I see as Vader. Like, I don't care who it is in the costume; it's the voice. The voice. Like you can, what we can have, like, because when I went to Disneyland and I took a picture with Vader, that guy was at least like seven feet tall. You know, it's it's so funny because in Return of the Jedi and Empire Strikes Back, Vader is more like chilled. But in A New Hope, you are part of a Rebel Alliance. Take her away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, again, they were experimenting. You know, like it, it, yeah, it's the first time you see a dude dressed up like a samurai, pretty much. But yeah, like Empire Strikes Back, Vader. I think what? Even though I do not believe that was his strongest point, but that was, I feel like that was his most feared. Yeah. Like, like, you don't mess with this guy. Like, like, yeah, you can say, like, Rogue One. Yeah, that was him literally. That was more angry Vader. Straight out of the lava pit. (laughs) And then, well, I guess, you know, Rogue One was more of an angry Vader. Then you see A New Hope, which is another angry Vader. And then you get to Empire Strikes Back. He's more a little laid back. That, okay, so. Rogue One, how I see it, Rogue One Vader is like angry at everything. You hope yeah. Vader is angry at Obi Wan. Uh, he's gonna put a hundred and fifty thousand percent on Obi Wan. He's just imagine the Rogue One scene and dial that up by twenty, and I believe that is the Vader we're gonna see in Kenobi. We're gonna see more emotional, like because there's more rage. Types. There's different types. Of anger and rage. There's, there is like, the Rogue One was just, like, just that angry. That was that Skywalker blood rage. That's the Skywalker moody teenager, and then New Hope was older. You know, he's an he's an older guy, but he's still bitter, like Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Empire is like a little bit. You know, I saw that somebody's like Cad Bane. You know, like, not he's Cad Bane yeah. wasn't an angry character. And then you that get to Return of the Jedi, and he's just like torn by light side and dark side. He is. He's divided. There's a, like uh, there's a lot of complexity like with the character itself. When I see Vader, you, you have to think of the other movies and. Obviously, if you look at it from a standalone film, you just see him as the bad guy. But what a, he is a conflicted character. I don't consider him a bad guy. There are certain things that he does is that pretty bad. But overall, as a character, he is very conflicted and is wasn't shown or was poorly shown by the Jedi and more influenced by Palpatine. You know, in A New Hope, I would say the bad guy, quote unquote, was Tarkin. Yeah, Tarkin was because they they had like they were like the emperor like that. Is, that was you the may thing. fire when ready. 
that was the thing. And that guy was Sherlock Holmes before, you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, people forget about that. But anyways, back to Empire. I think the most chilling scene, like, that still brings me chills. That still is, that has a lot of emotion. Like, no, I, I'm pretty sure when this movie came out, in this last fight scene, nobody, everyone was in awe. There wasn't one word said in the middle. Like, even the babies would stop crying. You know the just the 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 Vader breathing in the dark hallways of mm. Bespin is is chilling enough. Like like I have that in my head. I have his shadow, and, my, and then he ignites his lightsaber, and then there's no music. That's but it, but if you think about it, like when Luke is looking for him, like you can't hear him breathing. So was Vader holding his breath the whole time? <laughs> I think so. That's even scary. What's see? They kind of made it a little bit of a horror scene. Yeah, because you was. just hear the breathing. You hear him, but you don't see him. And then yeah. when you do see him, it's it, he's like a shadow. Yeah, he's like Batman. And, and yeah, remember he's a he's a big machine, and I'm pretty because he's like, more machine was, now than when, man. Like, when when I had Darth Vader's lightsaber that I got from Disney, that thing was heavy. And it roars like, la- it roars a little bit more darker it's, it's, than the other it's, sabers. It's it sounds focused. It does. It sounds and more like, aggressive. Like when you swing that thing, you are swinging to kill. You're not swinging to knock him down. It'll go right through them. Yeah. So I can imagine, like when Luke, because the only reason I believe that Luke somewhat stood his ground is because he was a Skywalker. Oh yeah, and no doubt. He was. He was the entry level Skywalker versus. You know, Giga Boss. And he I, told me enough. He told me you killed him. And and I low key think Vader was going easy on him because he needed him mm-hmm. weak weak enough to turn him to be desperate. But, he was doing the Palpatine to his own son. Yeah, his one compass. He was like dissecting. Yeah, yeah. And then when he cut off his hand, that's when I believe was the most. So now I'm I'm shifting more towards cinematic, where it was the most. I think one of the most, I would say, top 100 to be com- a bit more confident. Top 100 most famous scenes in the history of cinema, because and and I love how Luke just instantly turned to his Skywalker and just jumped. Yeah, straight up. Like that's and something like, would do. Because I don't know if he knows, but the only ones that were in discussion of Vader was his father. Father. I think I think the German Vader means father or something like that. So maybe like, so I I heard something like that. But well, Vader, not a lot of people knew that Vader was going to be Luke's father until I like the day they filmed the that day, scene. That and also, I don't even think Harrison Ford knew. I think it was an interview with Mark Hamill where the conversation was between George Lucas, Kathleen Kennedy, and Mark Hamill. Only those three knew that Vader was his father. And they kept it a secret until obviously they performed the scene. And then and in theaters. And it was really like even now, say like you show I don't know, some some kid that wanted to watch Star Wars before. Say like you wake and watch like Start in Order from the prequels, then you move on to actually no, I would start with the originals because you know you need to know that this bad guy is actually the father of the hero, you know. You have like that's that was a total twist. You know, that was a big surprise when it came out, and it still is a surprise for people who haven't seen Star Wars. Yes, um, no doubt, it will always be a surprise. Yeah, and then, and then, how does the movie end? With the heroes losing, 
Han Solo with yeah. Carbonite. We probably never saw him again. Luke losing a hand. And, you know, the rebellion in shatters. That's how the last, I think that's what the last Jedi was trying to do, but they were so under the radar that it just fell right into the trash. Yeah, talk about recycled Star Wars. Yeah, that's recycled Star Wars. That didn't even work. That didn't even, it didn't even launch from the, from the airport. It just went straight down, crash and burn. Yeah. But, yeah, that's why that film was iconic, because I think it was one of the very few films where the heroes don't win. And The Empire Strikes Back is actually the first movie we get the iconic bounty hunter lined up with Zuckus, Forlom, Dengar, IG-88, Boba Fett, and Bosk. Everyone besides Boba. But they didn't even talk. And and then they considered like... Well, Boss did a little bit of a snarl. I know, but I'm saying like they didn't speak directly to Vader anything like that. Yeah, and then when we're in uh, when we're in Cloud City and we see three PO open the door and we see that silver three PO unit, mm-hmm. um, and he says Ichuta, <laughs> uh, I think we all know what that means. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know we're not gonna say it over the show, but yeah, we will never. I honestly believe we will never get another Empire Strikes Back because it was a perfect setup for everything else. It is you know another. Evil... Go ahead. Oh, I was like, New Hope was they was the spark that ignited the, the flame. It, oh, <laughs> you set yourself up for that one, buddy. I, I, I did, but New Hope was the idea, like the the heart. Basically, New Hope is the heart of Star Wars because that's where it started. Yeah, and then Empire is the soul, and then everything at are pieces of the soul, like. Revenge of the Sith, Attack of the Clones, the Clone Wars, like, see, like, like, is Revenge the of the Sith, uh, uh, Return of the Jedi was a good movie to end the Empire and set up Luke's new academy. Yeah, but if you read the books, when um, I think uh, that's where Disney should have took the sequels, not thirty in, year jump. In in the book, Luke after after Return of the Jedi, Luke was not a happy camper. He had PTSD, like he wasn't a hermit, like but he was like And he he was no no way by means a Kenobi PTSD mindset either. No, he was straight up a Skywalker PTSD and he handled it like a Because oh I just lost he, my dad, but now I'm gonna start the new Jedi Academy. Like he was still Luke, but at the same time he was And he was I Luke. don't think I don't think Luke Yeah, Return of the Jedi is Luke becoming the Jedi. You know, Return of the Jedi, but to me, I don't think Luke fully completed his Jedi training. I think Return of the Jedi wasn't about Luke. Anakin. Yep, it's about Anakin. I think that's yeah. one of the biggest misconceptions. Luke was just part of that process to become a Jedi. Well, if you think about it, Jedi is plural. Yep. So it could be Anakin and Luke. Mm-hmm. So, like, or, or Return of the Jedi, like of the Jedi Order. Because he was supposedly the chosen one. Yeah. Let's talk about Bespin for a minute. Bespin, we get some of the most iconic characters revealed. We got Lando. We got Lobot. We got Ugnaughts. And we got the old famous Will Rowe Hood carrying the ice cream machine running down Bespin hallways <laughs> that they later turned into Cantonas, which is what Mando holds his Beskar payment in in Mando Season 1. Those are ice cream machines. And it all thanks to the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And, uh, the ice cream machine looks better than McDonald's. 
<laughs> yeah, it's never broken. And then uh, when we're on Dagobah, uh, Luke actually says something before he lands his X-Wing. He says, there's something familiar about this place. You know, I've, ne- I've never really understood what he meant by that. But I guess you could say Luke is a Skywalker. The Force technically awoken in him in A New Hope. So what if he like feels the Force coming off? Of the planet, and he could feel Yoda's presence, and Yoda was with Obi Wan. So, what if, like, what if we Obi Wan meditating, talking to Yoda, and I Luke just, stumbles in, and he's like, "I just had an idea." What's your idea? What if in the Kenobi show, somehow Palpatine returns? No, I set myself up for that one. But <laughs> what if Obi Wan? visits or somehow communicates with Yoda one more time out of the desperation from Dagobah. Yeah. And if, then if, and if, and Luke if, is so close by he can sense it. Yeah. But he doesn't know what it is but, because but he's just a kid. I, I have a feeling A I'm I'm switching back I'm sorry ladies and gentlemen but I'm talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. I feel like the first episode will be emotionally impacted. Yes, the I, first episode am, will be building up what we're going to see. I'm confident we will... I'm not saying it's quite not, but I'm confident we will get... What's it called? Like a, I guess a flashback character. Example, like Obi... Obi I'm sorry. Obi, we need a crazy Obi, mace. Like crazy mace or like... My, my high probability of this is someone from the Clone Wars era. Either one... Um, Yoda, two, Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon is a higher probability than Yoda, to be honest. Yes. Flashbacks of... Um, again, or what if it's Baby Luke? Mm, they'll, they'll show that later. They have to They have to show how broken Obi-Wan is. They, and also, we could see... What was his girlfriend's name? Uh, Duchess Satine. We could see that live action. I, 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 I'm confident we may or may not. We may see that. That'd be pretty I, cool. To show them. To, and then what's even more impacting. I'm, I'm going on. I'm thinking right now. Just how we predicted the Cad Bane Boba Fett thing. I'm going yeah. on right now. I'm thinking. What if he wakes up from that nightmare that he sees Maul. Live action Maul will kill Satine. And that's what wakes him up. Oh, I just got chills all over me, bro. And then it's the guy, the original guy who played Maul. Ray Park? Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to see Maul. That's just like me. We, I feel like we will. But I feel like we have to. We will see. This, if we see Maul, Vader, and Inquisitors, I will forgive what that Inquisitor looks like. <laughs> <laughs> oh. it's, not, it's not the actor's fault. It's 100% not his fault. Like he It's the makeup. It's the concept. Like, it's, I mean, the makeup people, like, if you think about it, they did great. But I think whoever decided to give him, like, you a know, potato brand, head. Oh, Maybe it's the head. same guy who did the potato rocks. Now <laughs> <laughs> you think about it, yeah. Brainiac vibes. <laughs> yeah, Brainiac. They could have had but, uh, was moving on here. Hold on. I'm staying. I'm sticking to this, right? What, who the voice? Um, wasn't the voice the dude from Harry Potter? Like, uh, Rupert Friend? 
Are you talking yeah, about the yeah. Grand Inquisitor? Yeah. Yeah, Rupert Friend is the guy who's playing him. He also did the voice in Rebels. Yeah. Rupert Friend. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just All right, so on. moving on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you went like three trilogies in one right there. I so know. the carbon scene, we uh, uh, the stormtroopers standing around the carbon, those were actually not people. Those were mannequins, if you did not know that. What were mannequins? The, the stormtroopers. In the carbon freezing, yeah, in the carbon scene when Han's getting frozen and he says, I love you, I know, which also I know was not scripted. That was uh, improvised by Harrison Ford, which is now iconic. But those stormtroopers standing around the carbon scene are mannequins. Who would have thought? I I didn't know that. And now when you watch that movie, you're never going to be able to unsee it. I think the one thing I'm never going to unsee are the potatoes. But, uh, yeah. And uh, later, when Luke is walking down the hallways of Cloud City and he stands there by the wall and he pulls out his gun as Boba Fett walks by, when he does that, if you notice, Boba Fett turns his head. So Boba Fett heard Luke pull his gun out. That's why he is there and shoots at Luke when he pops around the corner. Boba Fett heard Luke. So if Boba Fett has got that great of a hearing, can you imagine what Boba Fett was in his prime? We'll never find out now. <laughs> no, we probably won't. They're probably like, yeah, we're done with Boba Fett. Keep him as cameo characters. Mm-hmm. And uh, that Imperial officer walking next to Lando in that scene also, that is Jeremy Bullock. So the there you go. Boba. Same guy who played Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, so I am at my last note here. Uh, you got anything to add before I give my last note? No. Pretty much, I pretty much went hopefully in detail for everybody to give them a different perspective of Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, that's what this is all about. This is what we do on Rodian Radio. We, you know, we give Star Wars fans different but, but perspectives. It, 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 how, see, I don't even know. Like, talking about Empire Strikes Back gave me predictions for. Like, yeah, there you go. See, now you've got new predictions for Kenobi. Now, yeah, when it, we do our, our like, Kenobi prediction episode, maybe the week before like, the episode drops, uh-huh. we're going to be on a roll, man. Like, that's how it was last time. I was talking about Boba Fett. Like, I literally talked about... Cad Bane? Cad, we said Cad Bane. We literally threw it out on episode one. We said Cad and, Bane. And, here, and then he showed up. And he showed up. Well, we saw... I think that was the best Rodian Radio moment. I, I literally watched that. <laughs> I think yeah. that's when I, I pugged Chase by telling him that I I quit Star Wars. I, <laughs> I was straight up just, like, yeah. saying things like, I'm ready to drop it, drop the mic. All right, so our last note here. The end scene is the first time we ever see cybernetic implants in Star Wars. Yeah. That's the first time we ever see mods, if you will, in Star Wars. Oh, they did in Book of Boba Fett with the... the I don't the get started. <laughs> don't get me started. That was the most stupidest decision to make, yeah, it makes sense because there's cybernetics in Star Wars, but the just the the Skrillex dubstep music and a tattoo parlor that just it's stupid. It's just stupid. But 
that is our breakdown for Empire Strikes Back for May the 4th special here on Rodian Radio. We really appreciate everyone who's been listening. Now it's time to head over to the Rodian Radio VIP lounge with toy photographers. Get ready for this. Special guest, Mr. Kim Simmons, the original, well, the second original toy photographer for Kenner from 1981 to 2000. Uh, if, if you are a collector of the old school vintage Star Wars figures and you've seen pictures of the figures or vehicles on the packaging, it's a good chance Mr. Kim Simmons is the one who took that photograph. So we're going to head over to the Rodian Radio VIP lounge and chat with Mr. Kim Simmons. So until the next time, um, this has been Chase. This is Danny. And may the fourth be with you on course. We're here. This is the May Kenobi, less than a month away. We're so excited. So let's head over to the Rodian Radio VIP lunch. Welcome to the Rodian Radio VIP Lounge. Hello there. Hello. So it's Hello. not nice to talk to you. You actually, uh, you're like the dream person for us to talk to because we're both <laughs> toy photographers ourselves. Oh, good. For cool. uh, for hobbies. So, so what we're gonna do here is we're just gonna ask you a couple questions, and you know, because you're like the guy for us. <laughs> you're the poster boy for us. Look, I got news for you. You guys are so far, very likely, so far beyond what I used to do uh, that it, it, it's scary. It truly is. Mm-hmm. You got to understand, the, the technology is advanced. I've watched it and I've done it. Mm-hmm. But what you can do now at your age, your brain works a little different than mine. Right. <laughs> Right, because now, now we've got all these different types of cameras and equipments and lenses, and you know, probably, probably back in uh, you know 1981, you had one camera. Uh, no, we had a couple of cameras, but it basically at 35 to two and a quarter to four by five, eight by ten, but everything was up here. Right. <laughs> right. You and know, my light meter. And my light meter. <laughs> you know, one thing I've learned uh, to get the best photos is it's all in the angle. Yeah. All yeah. in the angle. Especially when you're talking about, you know, the new toy stuff that you've got now. I mean, you got lower angle, wide angle. I mean, you get up here, that's crap. You got to get down. Yeah. Yeah, on the ground. Really you get down. And, and and it's more fun that way. You know, you, you there's so much more you can do now. I mean, to me, I mean, you got When I was there, when back in those days, the big thing was I took the the RZ that I was using, and I took a thirty their thirty I think it was a thirty five lens on brand new at the time. The dealer walked into it. And, oh, you want to try this out, Kim? Oh yeah, not the dealer, it was the manufacturer uh, rep came in and said, "You want to try this?" And I go, "Oh shit, yes! I just got through, <laughs> I just got through playing with the um, uh, the Darth Vader, mm-hmm. the removable helmet, and I'm going, oh, this is so cool.' And I, I on my mind right then I go, oh wait, okay, now I get down there. These guys are standing there. I'm making them wait." I put the figure there, and I got down really, really low on that sucker. And I'm looking at it. I'm going, oh, this is gorgeous. This is it. I see it. And I go, I got to have this lens. How soon can I get it? It was 3500 bucks. <clears throat> this is back. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of money for back then, too. Yeah. Tell me about it. My wife yeah. had a conniption fit. <clears throat> so what would, did you, ha- did you uh, keep anything from anything you've photographed? Oh, I kept everything. Uh, everything... <laughs> 
every, every from the beginnings I did from the well actually Roy did before me he kept everything and then I kept everything no I don't have it anymore um <laughs> just to let you know wow uh, I, I got rid of everything everything's gone there's nothing here to see no there is so there is but um the uh, uh things the only thing I've got now I didn't get rid of film because I knew people were just going to want the film. So it's, it's, and they did, they still do. I still got some leftover from the vintage days, but most of the stuff I've got now is all from the nineties stuff. So yeah, you know, it is what it is. What can I tell you? Uh, <laughs> right. And so then, uh, yeah. Ask your question. I, I got, I got a couple of questions. So first, when you set up the, so can you, Take us through the process on how, like, the company goes to you and be like, hey, we need you to take photos of these figures. And, like, what are your steps from there? Like, well, what are, what's your thought process? Like, okay. Okay. It came. Okay. Well, I just actually just did this with, with uh, Matt Brookins, uh, mm-hmm. uh, with his, his, his custom figures. Mm-hmm. But um, what we do is, is I, there, I worked in the beginning. The vintage stuff was all through the through a design studio. Okay. So it came through the design studio. Art Hefner up in Kenner. They'd go up and do their thing, talk about what they want to do and whatever. And, oh, we're going to change this or that. Okay, fine. And then they would turn around and they'd, they'd say, okay, Kim, we're going to do all these figures. And I said, can we go steps? And once we went to steps, because I said, we were doing these little stuff, but now let's, we're talking major stuff here. Mm-hmm. Like the nine, we ended up being the 92, 93s uh, figures. It, it, I wish I could turn, I think I turned those off. Jeez. Um, my notifications. Um, then, then it was like, okay, what color? Well, I'm going, we're, we're thinking yellow. Well, hey, we can get yellow. That's no big deal. So those are the things you have to get out of the way first. And then I had to go back and build them, build mm-hmm. the steps. But uh, which drove Roy crazy when I was doing that stuff. It was because I'd be doing it in my head and he'd be like, huh? Now, Roy, Roy Franklin, I believe is his name, correct? Roy Frankenfield. Thinking, okay, yeah. He was he was basically the your boss, if I'm yes, correct. You are correct. He was the first man who shot Luke Skywalker. Now, how did you how did how did you guys come up with that name? Because that name just it kills me I, every time. I didn't. That name was given to me by the guys from uh, Galaxy Star Wars magazine. I love they that name. That, they, did that, they did that article on me, and they called me the man who shot Luke Sky the man who shot Luke Skywalker. And then lower up. Don't worry, he didn't use a blaster. He used a camera. Yeah, that cracks me up every time I see it. I was like, "That's so funny," and I, I get I, it. I, yeah, I grabbed it and I'm going. It worked. But yeah, try doing that. Try saying that down in Mexico because yeah. man who shot and there's thinking pistola and I'm looking at pistola. That's not what I did. But it doesn't work out the same. Right. As, as a as a toy photographer myself and i'm no by means a pro at any means but you know i get it you know that's what we think what we call it you can only get better come on it's true better come on (laughs) it's it's interesting because when when i started photography i like to do it in terms of what how a director would shoot like with movies so i would try to get the low angles and because the whole point of my photos is to make them look as realistic as possible and get like the super close shots not too much where like it looks too fuzzy and like toy like and i take outdoor photos so i really had to depend on mother nature to give me you know like what i needed and for the most part it, it did help me a lot but what i like to do is like think of like how a director would shoot like what i do a sky shot or like a 
hero shot or like a certain angle shots and then from there i would do that and then i just learned over like youtube videos over and over and i think that's really cool also i i like i'm really like starstruck you know because like you're, you're a toy photographer which is really cool and that's what got me inspired is just you know i wanted to make to take the images from my head and then put it onto like on like you know make it real that was my whole goal and i'm oh, still doing that and i still enjoy it to this day oh yeah i mean even now the stuff that i've been doing mm -hmm. uh for the books that yep. i've been doing the, the volumes i've tried to do the posters and it's I, I'll, I'll do it in my head and i'll start on them yeah and, I'll, and I, I mean i will literally start on i mean i'll in my head i'm working on and I'll start on it, and I, I lay it out, lay it out. I had the, I had the one for the ESB poster, and I had it basically done. But Pat was driving me. She was like, what are you doing? I'm going out pulling up shrubs, you know. These we know what you mean. <laughs> the honeysuckle. I mean, I'm picking up the honeysuckle bushes. I'm in the middle of wintertime. I'm pulling them up, washing them off, setting them aside, doing that. And, and, and I had a whole bunch of them up in the, on the porch, and she's what are you doing? I've got, I've got this idea. So, okay. So I finally, I get in here, I start working with plaster and all that. I overdo it. I understand. <laughs> and, and I got, I had this, I had, had that in my mind. I needed this creek going through okay. in my mind. I'm using a micro X-wing and I'm having it come up. And I did all that. I, it all worked out really well. And I did it. And I'm going, this isn't working. No, and I mean, I've, I've got this whole, this four by four table, mm -hmm. four foot by four foot table. I mean, we're in the wintertime too. So in here, I've got, I've got the background all done and everything's there. And I go, this isn't working. And my, I, and now mind you, I had, I had created the background from about three or four images that I had, that I used, that I shot down at the green swamp down in Florida in black and white. Mm -hmm. So I, I spliced them together. I thought ahead. Don't ask me how I did this. I just thought ahead, and I basically did a panos and two or three panos to look at. So I'm like, okay, this goes, this goes, this goes, this goes about 40 or so years later. And actually more than that. And I go, okay, that'll, that'll work. That goes together, goes together. Run it out. Okay, fine. Black and white. That's good. Now I'm going to tone it. Okay, I toned it in, in Photoshop. And I'm, I don't do anything small. So this thing was huge. And I'm in the huge megabyte thing, and it's four foot. I, actually, initially, initially it was very was very small, and I go, this isn't going to work because I've got to have a lot of depth on this. Thing. I got to have a lot going on. So I had this whole thing created, and then I found somebody. My I, my printer's gone. My big printer's gone. So I asked the printing company, one of the printing companies that I I frequent. Uh, do you mind? printing this out for oh sure we'd love to well he finds out they're star wars people anyway so it works out really well so they printed this thing out it's over 11 feet long wow so we had this <laughs> around okay and i mean i didn't know how what i was going to use i really i truly did not know what i was gonna, sorry about the game no worries. oh it's no problem okay you guys are all used to that me i'm freaking me out so but that you know okay you've got that background and there's a blue everything was perfect and then you have, I had all these bushes and I cut them off and I mean, they were tall and I'm looking in here. Okay. This works. And I just go wild with the paint. I create the outdoors in that. Then you add in the fog machine, the dry ice and all that to give me the effects that I'm looking for. And then I'm, here I am. I'm, I've got the shots of the micro, the micro X-ring coming up, which I have it just dangling out there. Actually shut it 
by a long stick. That isn't working. That doesn't 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 do it for me. So I'm going, okay, I take it out and I got what I need to do, and I, I literally just cut them in half, I'll spread it, spread it out, and I go, that'll work. And you don't want to know how much money I spent on just creating the creek that no longer needed to be there like that. Not like the way I did it. And so let my wife, she's got the patience of Job. So she does all the fine detail stuff like that. So she does all that retouching, brings it up together, give me enough. And I still, I put that ship in, now it doesn't work. Finally, I go, okay, I need to get a, I need to get a vintage X-Wing. I didn't have one anymore. So I put a call out. Somebody loaned me an X-Wing. Now this money, this is COVID time. So it's kind of like you meet in the parking lot. Yeah. At the beginning of COVID, I should say. I go, okay, you know, I'm going to have that sucker coming in. That's how I did it. Literally, that's how, it, it, my mind just went that way. So I had that under my belt. And I, did, I hated to tear that thing apart. It stood out here for six months. I was like, I don't want to destroy it. I really, but I, it's like, nobody wanted it. So I was like, okay, fine. So I just destroyed it, gone. So when I came to, came to the next book, I'm going, okay, I'm going to do the Rancor Monster. I'm going to do the Rancor Monster below Jabba's Palace, my own version. But I'm going to use the Rancor Monster the same as I, similar to what I did before. But this time around, you're going to see the gate. I've now seen the movie. So I'm going to have the gate out here. I want to see something there. And I want to see a grid light up above. I'm going to put the you know, throne room up above that. That will be cool. You see something. Well, and, and I realized that that's 20-some inches tall. And then you've got my, and it's like, no, nah, that's too big. I'm not doing this in, in one shot. It's going to be two shots. Because it'd be, it'd be too small. It's not going to happen. So that's why we ended up with two posters. But it was kind of like, I basically used rocks. I have rocks on my driveway that I used and plaster, you know, but drywall mud, oh, just drywall mud all over the place. And then go to town, paint. And I had, I have it sets of, you can see the steps that I took because I might modify or shots of it in between. So I didn't even have a rainbow monster. It was all in my head. I was going to be, you know, I just, I just pulled one of my figures that I've got from the, the, Obi-Wan post the Obi-Wan figure that is lights up at night. Okay. Don't ask me. I have no idea. And I go, that he's about the right height. I didn't bother to go up and look at the size of him. I just I'll I'll get one. It worked out perfectly. And I based on that, I got got the Rancor monster. And then I was able to figure, okay, this is about where I'm gonna be and what lens you need. And actually, with camera, because my camera would not use the newer lenses because of firmware issues. So I had to go borrow a camera to use the lens that another friend had. So yeah. I did. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's it's a whole I, mission. It's a whole mission thing. I'm designing this thing with something in my head, and it's like I kept getting lower and lower and lower. Like, this is where I want to be. Not from here. I want to be here. And that's what you're doing. That's what you're doing. Yeah. I, I I just react to the previous decision yeah you and know one, one thing i learned is it you don't need a whole lot of uh you know creativity to make a, a scene because like for me i use broken cinder block pieces for my structures and it works just fine in my pictures and i'm actually going to send you uh mine and danny's account over instagram so you can check out our photography 
Sure. But uh, yeah, so cinder block pieces weren't great for me. Like I had a couple of World War II figures that I used those for, and it looked like you know something from World War II. You don't yeah. need a whole lot of creativity. Yeah, and that is creativity. So don't give me this bullshit about no creativity. No, no, no. That's not what that I meant. Is, that, that, that is creativity. You're using something, found objects. That's the thing that you've got the ability to do now. See, I was locked in the studio. That's where I had to do things. So that's my mindset. Right. You know, me going out and you know taking figures that you know, prototype figures or whatever, trying to go out and do what I like to do out in the woods wasn't going to happen or out in a parking lot wasn't going to happen right and now my, i'm kind of locked into what i can control i mean one of the guys i know who's a really a big name shooter who decided he wanted to get back into digital a while back he, when i first built my studio out here at the house he comes in and says where are the windows i'd have had a big window right there so i had the north light coming in i go no 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 i like to control everything <laughs> my way and you go, oh, no, no, no. I go out in the parking lot or your, your driveway out here. Different mindset. Yeah. Everybody's got their own and it works for everybody in their own way. That's but it. That's I think uh, I think Danny had a question about for yeah. uh, advice for fellow photographers. Yeah. So I was saying, so since, since you started working with photography, you know, back in the early 80s, how do you think it's changed? Um, obviously technology has changed a lot, but what advice would you give to future toy photographers who want to be part of the industry that you do? Like, you know, just do like basically do what you love because you sound very passionate about it and I can see it too. And it excites me as well because someday I like to do that. And also, you well, know, basically, yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you, it's changed so much. And besides, I, just to let you know, I've had a camera in my hand since I was like five years old, uh, you know, off and on. Okay. Um, but um it's changed so much because everybody is a photographer now uh -huh. i know guys now who are they, they've been shooters well i've been shooter longer than them but still it's been a shooter for quite a while they've had to transition into video because the print work the still work just isn't there it is there but it's it's so reduced that it's kind of like we're oversaturated if that you know i mean there's like there, there's not enough work for all everybody so whereas before is like good god you know png between png kenner and all the different corporations that were in cincinnati i mean they were there, there's plenty of work room for dozens of photographers and that, that but now no it's just not there right At least that's, that's what they're telling me I've been out of the game for a while as far as going to clients and whatever. So you've got to think twice about that. Have a backup plan. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's one a that you, one that you don't keep pouring money. You know, the quickest way to become a, a millionaire in a photography business. Uh, start with two, start with two million. <laughs> <laughs> Paying for all the production and all the sets and everything. Yeah. <laughs> It's just that, you know, it, it just, there's, the money's not there. It's just not there anymore. Yeah, there, there's a, there's quite a bit of photographers that, that we follow and stuff. And, you know, there, there's so many. It seems like there's more photographers than there are collectors. Yeah, it's, pretty much. It, it seems that way, but it really isn't. There's a right. lot of collectors out. Because a lot of collectors become like you are, are they're photographers. They, 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 they want to do photography. Right. 
you guys are on that different edge. You know, you might be if you're collectors, then you want to do things because you're drawn towards the creative side of doing photography. And it could be it could be you know, army soldiers, it could be you know what GI Joes or whatever. Right. You know, and I mean, and go for it. It, it could. I mean, it's there is a lot out there as far as oh yeah, as far, but you have to enjoy it. Keep it yeah. as keep it as my client. Keep it in my light bulb off here. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, that's my main computer. That's where I do everything. But this is the one. Oh, I, I have no. I have no camera on. This, uh, this no um, well, this is a. I have a widescreen. Um, it, 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 you, just, um, you got it. <laughs> yeah yeah i started it as uh you know it, and it still is as a hobby it's not a uh contingency plan for the rest of my life it's you know it's something i enjoy no. doing no don't no, no. just use it as something to, to really let your creativity out and enjoy it and it's actually it's actually the only reason that i still collect figures is because i'm able to storytell with yeah. figures yeah that's great i love it I really do. I think there's a, that's dynamite. It's a dynamite way of, of looking at it. And, and I mean, th it takes a lot of creativity to do some of the stuff. I've seen some of the stuff that other guys have done. Yes. And there's a, I can't remember his name. He'd probably shoot me if I can remember. If I could, but he, he was, uh, he, he was, it's been a few years now. He, he actually was in um, Afghanistan, I think. And he, he takes the figures. I used a lot of the six inch figures. Mm -hmm. And he goes out and in real life, and my God, swear to God, they look so realistic. It's that's beautiful. <laughs> I mean, it, it was like, oh my God, how he's doing. You know, it's like the first thing I'd be doing is, I'm gonna take my six thousand, my Kate, my Hasselblad. I'm gonna take my Hasselblad out there, in all that dirt, all that blowing dust, and subject it. No, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> no, see, I, I I collect the the hot toys and sideshow collectibles, so there's no way I would ever take them out in the you know dirty air like that. Um, and then yeah. me on the other hand, I'm uh, boots on the ground. I do six inch black series figures, and now I'm starting doing into mescos. Uh, I. There are some figures where, like, I am close to having a heart attack. You know, sometimes, like, if they touch the dirt, you know, that ruins, like, the cloth and everything. But I like to, I like that experience of where, you know, I have, like I, like I said, like, I do things in nature. So sometimes the wind's blowing and dust blows on the figure. And to, to me, sometimes I see that as a benefit because it creates a lot of details. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I mean, I'm seeing, I've seen some of these, these things and it's kind of like, wow, they're, they, you know. And if you're not worried about hurting the figure, mm -hmm. okay, and you're not really, and you're just careful with the camera, because yes. most of you guys are not using the Hasselblad. You're using your 35s. And those are enough money. Trust me, I do know that. Mm -hmm. I, I also have one. But mine's a little on the older, well, it's older mm -hmm. and uh, digital. But it's, 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 but still, it's like, do I want to put this thing out there in the dust? <laughs> uh, that's, that's anti. Yeah. You just don't do that with your yeah. with your gear. I mean, mm. But there are people that do it, and they, you know, as long as you keep it somewhat sealed up as best possible, I mean, it it, it can work. Mm -hmm. But no, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. I do, I do think of that sometimes because I one time worked with the set. Uh, but what I like to do with my photos, I like to do a lot of crossovers. Sometimes okay. one time I did a Ghost Rider. 
with a clone trooper and what i did is i had a little chain that i got at home depot i made it and then i made it wrap around the clone trooper and then i actually i had real fire in front of them front of them and in the back was cgi fire and again it was a little risky because both of them could have caught on fire but at the same time you know i had the situation under control i was just i got to get these shots at that moment at that time and then yeah. i got it and it was it was it was exciting but also scary at the same time but i would do it again <laughs> you can also take that take that that chain and put it up out you know put it out there and put it black mm. behind it or white whatever you want yeah. to do saturate it with your lighter fluid or whatever it's like that let it match to a ripper shoot it yep and you've got that, so now you can just take it in Photoshop and you cut it out. <laughs> yeah, not the same thing, but <clears throat> gets the point across. It does. So with... what you've done, what you did was that's 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 some, yeah. that takes some, some <clears throat> yeah. yeah yeah got it. So with with each uh, with each special guest we have on the show, we like to ask them a, a, a series of questions outside of their profession, just as a general fan. And as I know, you are a big Star Wars fan. So, question number one is obviously, who is your favorite Star Wars character? Well, people ask me that all the time. They really do, and, and I like all of them. I really, truly do. Um, I guess if you if you had to, sh I mean, being the man who shot Luke Skywalker, I'd probably say Darth Vader. But uh, you know, uh, in fact, I believe if I remember right, above my door at the studio downtown, as was I did have the sign Darth Vader, and above my door. <laughs> So who would you say your least favorite character is? Oh, Lord. If you never had to see him again, it'd be the best day of your life. You know, I I never look at it that way. I, ne I know. I really don't. I, I really don't have a, the least favorite. I mean, a lot of people I know would say Jar Jar. Yeah. Uh, I would never say that because I know the backstory. Yeah, uh, we like Jar Jar here. Yeah, I, I, I really, I, I thought he was great. Uh, in the movie, only because I'm looking at it from a kid's point of view. Exactly. Mm. And, and I thought that's a great way to bring the kids into it. And that's my understanding is that's exactly what George Lucas wanted. Yep. For the kid, the kids out there to have something. So and I, and once I heard that, of course I I always liked him anyway. So it's like okay, because I've got some stuff here, the Jar Jar toys. That's like okay, I got them and I bought them. So they didn't give me anything. I had to buy them. Well, there's always a dark side. <laughs> Man, this is in the later time you know in the new stuff the 95 yeah. and up you know they nobody they didn't give me anything now the previous they left the toys with me they left everything with me and when i tried to give it back to them they wouldn't take them wow yeah. well you know you could uh you make a lot of money on ebay nowadays with those types of toys <laughs> uh i well, i wish i would have known all this but, but when I've been, I got rid of everything, but it's, it's, no. it's all good. It's all good. It, 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 helped, create, it helped create a, a lot of things out there. Right. Because of what I had. Well, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure, as they say. Yes. And I'm not saying it was your trash, but you know. <laughs> it definitely wasn't my trash. So what would you say your favorite scene in anything Star Wars is? Whether it's movies, cartoon. You know what? I've never, and I, I've been, I've been uh, taken to the outhouse on this one because uh, I've, I never gone into the into the cartoon versions, and I've been told I've really missed a lot. There is a lot uh, in there that really I, helps. I know, I, I know, I know, and it's like uh, I just haven't done it yet. My wife really, we just don't look at those. Um, 
well, I need to do that one day. So it's like, okay, I'm on the carpet. I've got to see him. Um, but as uh, favorite scenes, I, I looking back, it, it, it's well, unfortunately, it's got to be the. Well, apparently, I'm drawn towards the you know the Jabba's throne room and the Rancor pit and all that. Beautiful, it's beautiful scenes. Yeah, because that's that's what I've done the most of. In fact, I'm because I still have those dioramas that I built. I got I gave the figures back to those who loaned them to me, and I'm gonna build. I've been collecting them so I can repopulate. I'm literally going to make a cabinet for those two dioramas and put them one above the other. Fantastic. So, so yeah. Yeah, those were beautiful scenes. And, you know, Return of the Jedi is my favorite Star Wars movie. And the Jabba's Palace is some of the best Star Wars scenes because it's, yeah, it's Star Wars. That's what Star Wars is. Yeah, I, I, w- I, would, I would do, I would have done a, uh, the ESB, you know, the, the, where I did the Hoth battle scene. Um, but, um, that takes up so much room that yeah i don't have enough room <laughs> yeah and i wasn't gonna go out and shoot it outside so like no nope, not gonna happen that's too much stuff to take outside yeah it, it is as one who does it outside there's a lot of equipment you gotta bring and if the, i felt i just had to smack my head one time because i forgot the one most important figure I, I i had like i usually write a list and then that one day i forgot that figure on the list and i was like well i have to adjust at this point yeah <laughs> a, a lot of adjustments in photography that's what i learned oh yes. oh yes all right so our last big question here and this one is kind of just to make you think a little bit Uh-oh. if you could create your own star wars character who would it be and why This question stumps everybody that we ask. Yeah, because if it if it if you didn't see it, if it wasn't in the and really wasn't truly in the movie, right now they've got figures on out almost everybody now. Mm-hmm. Um, at least to my knowledge, I do. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, that would st- that would stump everybody because it's kind of like it was not not a figure out there or not a that's even mentioned that I'm aware of. I don't know. That's a good. That's a good one. That is really a good one. Yeah, makes um, you think. It really does make you think. I mean, you know, the one thing I think that, and I maybe they'll get to it is, they they've they've addressed everything, but the or really the true origins of Yoda, and the backstory there. Is, that's a movie, right there. Exactly. I'm waiting yeah. on the day we see a, a an R-rated Vader film. Nowadays, it would be, you know, A New Hope, ESB, yes, yeah, Empire Strikes Back, uh, and they'd all be X-rated by today's standards, I think. Yes. So, yeah. So you know, it's, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> well. So uh, yeah, but I would love to see a Yoda backstory you know it's... I mean, that, now, there's no one single figure that i could point to but i mean as far as the something along those lines that's what i would think would be the most and that'd be one something that everybody could get on because there's nobody there to really hate yep yet not yeah i was about to say not yet not yet <laughs> there would be somebody because there has to be why else would they have created everything so and why is there only one is there only one? Well, I don't know if, if you've watched the uh, the Mandalorian or not. 
I have. Yeah. So, you know, we're, see, we've learned a little bit, but not much. Yeah, but see, his people, who are his people? Right. You know, they returned him to, but he came back. But still, it's like, okay, they've got to explore that. And this is after... Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. And all the other, and all the other, most all that happens beforehand. So it's got timeline. So you've got to figure out, it's kind of like, uh, they're going to address this? I think they need to. <laughs> they need to. I think I, they I need think more, to. They, they, they need to keep going the way they're going, I think. And make their, make screw ups along the way, and get, get people's inputs, and they're going to do it. Okay. Right. I mean, People they they really got turned off by the episode one. Okay, fine and dandy. And episode two and three, but they 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 keep it's help the story. Right, that's all it is is storytelling. It's just a story, people. It's not a way of life. It's not a religion, not really. And so, if it is a religion, it's a really made up one. So it's kind of like okay, it's a wannabe. Okay, it'd be nice if it was a lot like that, but unfortunately, it's not. So. It's it's uh you know yep. it's a great entertainment value and that's really what it's all about it's entertainment and as long as there's people like me around I'm gonna watch anything Star Wars so yeah I I, I I'm there except for the cartoons now that's just me <laughs> right might have something to do with age but then again I talk to other guys I know Stephen uh, Constantino I think is you know the guy who played the one of the Gamorian the more guard. the Morian guard and and I and he goes. You gotta look at those, Kim. You gotta look at those. Okay, okay, you know. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of which, uh, I know that Stephen Constantino is gonna be at ICC Con this next weekend. Will you be there? Oh yeah. Oh, oh great! Yeah. I will meet yes. you in person then. Oh yeah, definitely. You gotta come up. Yeah, I've got. I I actually did my. Well, here you go. My you you already know about the poster that I did with the barge. Mm -hmm. And I've got. I actually have two versions. One that was going to come with the volume four, if it ever makes the Kickstarters, uh, which is why we did a 2.0, uh, be very limited, but that's right. And, but I bought, but at the same time, I have that final poster, which I, first time ever, I've had somebody, a friend of mine, do a little CGI work on it. So he's got the dust and he created the, the, um, Sarlacc mouth coming out, out of it. I already had the tentacles there and all that done. So then, he had to just come up with the, everything else, and uh, well, the dust and the two. He put two suns up. He goes, Kim, you don't have any suns up there. And I go, Yeah, I know. He says, Don't you want me to go ahead and put two suns up there? Well, yeah, done. I mean, literally, it was done. He goes, What do you want me to do? You've got everything. No, 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 no. You've got a, you know, the dust and the heat, the heat blasts coming out. You know, so the hovering and a few little, you know, the suns, and you can do that. And you know, whatever you look at and try to create the, because I had the Boba Fett hanging up in here so okay that's there and i go but i did another version as well okay and i said so they both need to be treated different because they're subtle there's just a su subtle ship oh you did do that didn't you yeah i did <laughs> <laughs> i wanted a little just a little but i what i did is on the one that's i uh, that that i'm selling down there the other one only comes with the book it's not going to be printed otherwise uh at least at this point in time the this this I did a custom with custom figures from this Mac Brookins, and that's got his custom painted figures in it. And Boba Fett is Michael Havens. That's awesome. Flying through in, in, up in the air with no helmet. Oh, that's even that. better. 
how would you know it was Mike Havens if he had a helmet on? Right. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, we actually had him on the show a while back, and he was saying, you know, Boba Fett is my favorite character. Oh, yes. Boba Fett this, Boba Fett that. But it'll be nice to actually meet you in person and talk to you there, because I will be there, but unfortunately, Danny is not going to be able to make it. Yeah. So. You can't make it to ICCC. I know. I've been wanting to go to that event, but unfortunately, like the troubles with scheduling. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I it, it's a it's a really Mike puts on a or the people and Mike put on a fantastic show. They really do, mm-hmm. and they've got some really dynamite guests coming in. Yep. Hopefully, we'll be able to talk to quite a bit, a few of them. But Stephen Constantino is uh, most oh, yeah. likely going to be on our show eventually. So. Oh yeah, just he will. He will. Uh, he will. I mean the. the He's a great guy. He really yeah. is. A great guy. I, I, he, we hang together in the green room, you know. So, you know, so it's kind of cool. It's yeah, I'm considered a guest there too. So it's 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 kind of fun and it's nice and it, you know, but you've got to go to that ICCC. It's it's a fantastic show. The, it really is. This is actually my first time going to this convention. I actually didn't know it was around until a few months ago. Now, wait a minute. Where, where, are you, where are you coming from? Where you live? I am from Alabama. And I come from Los Angeles in California, so I'm going to be going to the one in Anaheim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. But Alabama, I figured you were in Alabama because that's where my wife is from. I could hear the. Oh, um, yeah, you heard the accent. I, I heard the accent. <laughs> my wife has lost hers after 40 some years, so, you know, most of it. Anyway. Every now and then you can hear it. Yes. Uh, yeah, but that's that's nowhere. You didn't know about it. You're from that's like I didn't know about it. It is. It's three hours it, away from my house. I mean, that's next door neighbor stuff. Come on. It is, but we've had a blast talking to you. Like you know, you're you're such a great guest for us to have because we started in toys, and now we now we're here with our own show, still doing toys and. That's great. I think it's, I think it's great you guys are doing it. I think you are. Thank I think you. It's dynamite. I really do. Thank you very much, but. So that that's about as long as we're going to keep you for. So we'll let you get back to doing. That's up to you guys. You know, I can stand here and talk forever. You do know that, don't you? <laughs> oh, we would. But, you know, unfortunately, our uh, our timer is about to run out. So <laughs> I, I know you got two minutes. You got three minutes left. Yeah, right? we need to upgrade to the pro. But, you know. Hey. There you yeah. go. There you go. I, I know where it's at. I know where it's at. Yeah. I enjoy it. I, I do enjoy it. I enjoy doing these podcasts. So, yeah. And, you know, so, I mean, you can see in the background. See this guy up here? I did steal, too. <laughs> I, I created that. that hey, well, that you're product. more than welcome to come back on our show at any time. Just, you know, give us a holler. You know where to find oh, us. No, you know where to find me. I got, Kim, I got a slot to fill. Okay, sure. Hey, there you go. Now we got a regular guest. No problem. I can do it. Awesome. I can do it. Well. <laughs> Uh, we appreciate you being on the show. We've had a blast. So uh, until next weekend, all right. I'll, I can't wait Be to there. meet you in person. Sometime yeah. I'll get out to L.A. Then you'll have to see me. I will. I will. <laughs> Come to L.A., I'll be there. <laughs> all right, all right then. then. All right. Take it easy. You have a good one. Bye-bye. All right, that's going to do it for Rodian Radio here tonight. Special thanks to everyone who's been listening to us. If you can't get enough Rodian Radio on a weekly basis, we're available everywhere on podcast platforms, at least all the major ones, uh, Apple, Google, Spotify. You can find us on YouTube. We're there 24-7 at Rodian Radio Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube. Give us likes, comment, 
you know you probably get tired of hearing the same thing over and over about like comment subscribe but it really does help us break the algorithm so we can reach more star wars fans just like yourself really appreciate everyone tuning in and listening to this episode of rodian radio quick shout out to our sponsor again dr awesome you can find him on instagram uh you can find us if you want to send us your questions or topics to talk about in future shows you can send us your emails at rodianradiopc at gmail.com or you can send us a dm on instagram at rodian radio podcast you can find us at twitter at pc rodian and once again we really appreciate everyone checking us out if your podcatcher of choice allows you to leave a review we really appreciate all the reviews and we will read every review out on the air live as we record but until next week or unless scheduling changes this has been Rodian Radio. May the Force be with you. 